0: We got Mimi, my cat is joining us.
1: I love that. It's like there's a creature behind you. Who is she? That's yes, Mimi. just lick yourself, kitty.
0: <laughs>
2: do it,
3: girl. Right on it's the like, Tony Soto. I Zeta. am not respectful that, to my parents. That is literally
2: <laughs> the mood of the Tony Soto show. If wrapped up in one, <laughs> if if we could just lick ourselves uh, to completion.
1: My sister once complained to my mom about my dog doing that. My mom looked at my sister and was like, You would do it too if you could. <laughs> I try
3: sio tio 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 sio sio Tony, Tony, tio
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Tony Soto Show. My name is Tony Soto. Joining me is Maxwell Esposito. Hello. And we have Diana DeLuna. Present. Back, back, back again. Hello. The world is opening up uh, faster
1: and faster, Um, but still... I have a group question. Yep. Let's start the show with a group question. Are are we stressed out by the fact that there is a June 15th? Like there's a date for LA to open up again. Like, doesn't that feel kind of stressful to you? Like it feels very weird to me that there is a switch, like it's just gonna be like, ta-da. Like honestly, I'm all I- without a mask. It's cool. Like, does that not feel weird to anybody else? I think that no. we
2: no, because I think we no. blowed in so badly. I yeah. think we're ready. I think at this point we're ready. Like we've did it so. It never
3: like, felt closed. Like yeah, it never. felt closed, but you know what I mean. It felt like we were closing by choice. Like, yeah, yeah. We're it felt just like, not going places.
2: Yeah, there. I, I mean, I remember. Let's let's not let's face it. The last six months of this show is basically us being like, yeah, but we're not going out. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going out. Um, and uh, 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 here's the thing, I, I just want it sooner now. I'm like I'm like June 15th that's like forever away at this point. I mean I'm right. about to be vaccinated. It seems
3: arbitrary. <laughs>
2: I'm about to get my second shot. You know what I mean? I'm like I'm going to be ready. So by the time and then I'm ready, fuck everyone else.
1: <laughs> we need it No no no, we need to give them until June 15th. I started to gather my things to go to dinner on Saturday and we looked at all the reservations and they were booked. Ordering an Uber anywhere this weekend was Surging the house. I mean, the city is not ready to be open. We need till June fifteenth. I took a I mean, lift. The people, the people are ready, but like the uh, the luxuries and the not- amenities of the city is not ready for us.
2: I took a lift the other day. Uh, it was it, it was one of those ridiculous ones that I shouldn't have. It was in real life, it would have been like a six ninety nine, and it was thirteen dollars. I mean, and I was like.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I did round trip from Hollywood. It was six. I mean, round trip from Hollywood to back to my place was sixty bucks. I don't remember it being that much. You know, it was thirty each way with ten. No shit like, is going to be. That.
2: See, this is the thing too. It's like, what are we all rushing to be back? Like at this point, all these bars and shit are going to be playing catch up the house down boots, and they're going to be charging out the ass, and they're only going to have twenty five percent capacity coming inside. I mean, I mean, well, I don't know if we're opening completely up and g fifteenth. Does I mean a hundred?
3: Like Hollywood Bowl is not doing any capacity. They're, are we Texas? They're, they're opening are we Texas?
2: Are we Texas now? Or are we I, just I, like, well, I, I
1: imagine by June 15th there will be gradual things. But I mean, my other thing is like, I know people's livers are going to be opening up 100%, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be wanting to wait in line or to go into those spaces right now either because. It'll be like New Year's every day for people. I didn't
2: like waiting in line when lines weren't even really a fucking thing, you know? Like, I would always be like, I'm gonna just skip that line,
1: you know? (laughs) Now these people think like, they feel like they did something. So now they all got reason to celebrate. They're like, we survived a pandemic. Let's Mm -hmm. get drunk.
2: Well, nothing is normal again until I'm treated like royalty at all the bars I frequent. You know what I mean? Like, I still want my key to work at Precinct. I want fucking Bar just to be like, come on in the back, bitch, you know, and I want Redline to still give me those little tokens. You know what I mean? That's what I want. Uh, (laughs) Otherwise, nothing's normal and I'm upset. You know what I mean? I'm upset. Um, uh, Maxwell, how are you doing?
1: hi i'm doing so great i'm so excited I have something to talk about this week you uh, do big I news a, i had a secret and i am now allowed to talk about it. i'm very excited i am i am a, a double podcast diva now i am now producing... <laughs> a dpd a dpd <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> full circle moment oh our dpd our loving little dpd d
3: maxwell Uh, wow
1: wow i would like to thank the academy um
3: put that uh, on a resume please
1: and big letters on the top um yeah no i'm producing a podcast with shea coulée uh we are going to be doing a thematic discussion on america's next top model and i am so excited because I mean, pop culture's like my thing. I have watched so much fucking reality television. And you know what? I'm not gonna lie, people are haters and have told me I've wasted a lot of time. And I would just like to say that joke is on you, hoes. Cause I am now doing something very cool. And I'm very And it's gonna be good. huge.
3: It's no. gonna be such a, a successful podcast. I already know it. Like I even wanna start watching the show just so that I can listen and enjoy.
1: I'm very excited. I mean, I love Top Model. I've seriously watched it for 20 years. My one cousin who's a big top model fan and I have, you know, we she texted me, she's like, You've literally been planning, preparing for this job for 20 years. I mean, Tony, you came over. We watched Top Model that one time and like watching you react to watching it the first time, it was so funny. Like, I wish I could feel that feeling again. Like just like when we did Brett Michaels, like rewatching these things, I was like, wow, to watch this again as like a miss understanding 12 year old again (laughs) um what's the show called want to be on top
2: that's right that's right by Shay
1: coulet and it's going to be on the forever dog mom network and yeah it's going to be really great i'm very excited so and, Very I mean, thank
2: exciting. You,
1: thank you, Tony, for giving me this opportunity to be on your show for all these years because I would not have been prepared to do this without you. So well, you for listen, letting me act a damn fool here. Don't forget to plug our show. I mean, <laughs> oh, they won't
2: allow it. They won't allow it for sure. We won't come up in it at all. I guarantee you 100% we will not come up in it. And here's just the truth of the matter is, is like, you're a great sidekick, bitch. I knew that from the beginning, the moment I met you. And if there's one thing that Shea Kool-Aid needs is a sidekick because although she is super good at a lot of amazing things talking by herself is not any of it so she needs you she needs you because you will keep it you will keep her interesting and her so she doesn't take herself so fucking seriously also uh reminder to clear her throat uh hi diana how are Hello. you queen? uh
3: I, my dogs ran out of dog food so i'm very excited i get to go to the grocery store. <laughs> You know what? Uh, There's just polar opposites
2: the... right here. These two stories fucking... these two stories like a high high and then a low low. Ooh. The Tony Soto show is a bipolar show.
3: I is feel like the over tick the mark last... on the
1: wall for you, the um dog uh, food, you're like Oh yeah. You're like, Once I run out, I could leave the house. <laughs> well,
3: I ran out of contact solution first, but I, that wasn't a good enough reason because I have glasses. But now <laughs> I've got dog food and contact solution I need. Bitches, I am mentally fatigued. Aren't you fully vaccinated now? No, uh, not until the 19th. And then it's two weeks to full immunity. Like... (laughs) Why am I gonna fuck with it when I've made it this long? Like I'm just gonna sign up for an online bar class. I mean, you don't want to be
2: someone to get COVID when you're on your first vaccine. That's like literally trailer. I do know know what I mean.
1: I do know somebody who that happened to, and they're from Tennessee, and they are kind of trailer. Yeah, I I was gonna say. I've also seen them tweet some other things following this incident that matches how they ended up in that situation and oh i'm my like, God.
3: Um, but like i don't want to sound like a texan but i can't wait for this bitch to open up like open it all up like
1: i would why don't you do a mobile pickup just go do a drive and you could target is because, really great about because it because
3: my husband is work, because he gets to leave and go out into the you're world you're a one
1: car home you're We're a one, one car,
3: car home, home. so it. anything i do i have to do within walking distance double masked like with lots of sanitizer
2: you know that's why i uh i love friend of the show mossy so much because she's a two-car home and i was mm. and that and that's how i was able to drive to Compton to get my first shot she was like oh yeah i have a car that's just sitting there collecting dust and literally i washed it because i was embarrassed it was so <laughs> i was like this is so i was re- i recently uh was interviewed by the guardian uh because yeah, you're they speaking
1: were of stars <laughs> no Hello? speaking
2: speaking of spinning in mouths um, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> We, <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like <laughs> so yeah. Akbar, Akbar hits me up and they're like, hey, D mind we're getting interviewed by the Guardian. We're doing a uh uh they're doing an article about fundraising for precinct and redline and akbar, you know, the DTLA East Side Bars and I was like of course I'm happy to do it I'm always happy if I'm quoted correctly I'm always happy to fucking you know like if I ever do a show and I say that my learn the words which is not a drag show and then they still call it a drag show you know then I get a little steamed but like I'm like I'm always here open to 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 give a good interview and they're like okay we'll say nice things I also must be and which I'm like why do I need that warning to say nice things like like Do I say unnice things? Like, I feel like I feel like I speak in truths. And if I you mean, you that, listen
1: to the show. Do you think the things you say on the show are nice? You know, I would like you to be,
2: I'd like to be real honest. If there are certain shows, and since we time it, I don't really listen all that much. <laughs> 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 it's very like just me cutting to where I'm saying, well, we'll be right back. And I'm like, all right, put the
1: commercial there. You know um, what? That makes sense to me now. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me now. Because I also listen to the show <laughs> once after we recorded, but only when it's live. So... <laughs> i don't because
3: i don't like the sound of my own voice <laughs> i know mean, you
1: should you should really listen to the show you will get used to it and it makes it actually so much easier
3: yeah and i mean and you're super give me good another it. thing to do which would be nice <laughs> yeah i mean go go
2: listen to it outside bitch turn it up get your fucking bluetooth out and like jam so this go for my walk these dulcet toads. so like uh, so i do this really great long interview and it was very very fun And it's just so funny, the quotes though, that they pick out of that long of an interview. My quote is literally being like, oh, well, you know, at some point we'll all be wanting to spit in our mouths again and I'm not opposed to it. That was the quote that they chose. And I was like, I feel like I said some eloquent shit. And, (laughs) but you know, whatever. Spit in my mouth is all I'm saying. Can we just get back to those days? I'm over it. I'm over it.
1: That's funny. I read that quote in bed, like with like one eye open as I was falling asleep and I was like, it's like, Am I embarrassed for you or proud of you? I cannot decide. I love you, but I can't I'm decide. Proud. <laughs> okay, I mean, I definitely was leaning towards proud. Proud, like I would like you
2: to know, though I did P-T-L-A say
1: proud. You know, but I did, I did <laughs> P-T-L-A say P-T-L-A more specifically. <laughs> but I
2: feel like I did say more poignant and grown up stuff. But maybe it just wasn't as poignant and grown up as that. Maybe meatballs two quotes. So that's why. <laughs> Anywho, um, also. Um, I gave up sugar uh, about four or five hours days ago. ago. <laughs> yeah,
3: Do you hours count maple ago. syrup on that? Do you count like <laughs> yeah. all kinds of ugh,
2: like I'm back on that? I'm I'm back on that xylitol or whatever fucking sweetener you put. The, well, the kind the, that
3: kills animals. The, the <laughs> birch wood,
2: the birch wood sweetener or whatever, the one that comes from wood. I'm back on that in my coffee. Um, so, uh, last night I, I relapsed and, uh, went to, it was
0: going
1: really well.
2: wait a minute, wait a minute, the story's oh. not over. So okay. I relapsed and I went to fucking, uh, Albertsons up the street to go grocery shopping to make what a uh,
1: homemade apple pie and-
3: for yourself.
1: <laughs> I'm proud of you. You remember when I was said I was questioning my embarrassment for you? I take it back. Proud.
2: Yeah, but wow. the thing is, is I feel like internally deep inside, I sabotaged myself because I didn't put enough corn, cornstarch. It was like, I read it as a third teaspoon and it was like a third cup. And so I'm like stirring it endlessly being like, why the fuck <laughs> I went home. I went to bed so upset with myself and sad, um, but I'm still off of sugar.
3: <laughs> After you finish that pie, you are. <laughs> no, I didn't make it. I ruined it. Oh,
2: it didn't make. It didn't it, it didn't did.
3: taste good. Just regular apple and sugar and cinnamon on a crust. It that didn't, didn't thicken good. up.
2: It didn't thicken <laughs> up near Ow. enough to put into a pie. I was like, this isn't good. I flushed it. I, I would have so- just
3: called it a crumble. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But no, um... <laughs> no because, because also I tried, like, I, as I realized I didn't put in enough cornstarch, I was like, oh, well, I'll just add some in, you know, and then no, oh, it cooks immediately. No. It does not. Chunk. <laughs> I learned a lot of things yesterday, but the, but the main thing I learned is I'm still off of uh, the azucar. Um, thank God. She's um, looking
1: for a glucose poppy this summer. <laughs> also,
2: also, I went out this weekend and I'm ter- go. tell I'm, us about
3: it. Tell I'm, us.
2: <laughs> I'm terribly out of practice. Like I, I I chose a 9 p.m. reservation because Akbar now I'm has late. an alfresco uh, happening in their parking lot on the weekends. You can make reservations by uh, uh, going to their instagram and finding it out akbar so we're like but um you can like go and hang out for like 90 minutes and i was like well i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get some Judy's. we're gonna go so i got meatball and solomon and we're gonna go at 9 p.m girl at eight thirty. i was like can i just cancel like there's a law and order svu marathon <laughs> and it's so good like i don't want to get up i mean i went but I was happy when the 90 minutes was up. I was, I was ready to go home. I got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of practice to be done. These people racing to get back to the bars. I'm like, y'all gonna look like fuddy duddies for sure.
1: I'm definitely concerned about the staying up late. Like somebody who tweeted at me today was like, why are we both up this early? I was like, the better question is, is why was I in bed at nine? like like the question should not be why i'm up early it makes sense because i was in bed by nine that is what upsets me yeah.
2: i know i've That's been trying to stay up to like 11 now and i'll tell you i
1: wake up at ten thirty. from i'm like oh,
2: mm-hmm. oh damn it I
1: <laughs> And bitch, to- let me tell you, Spring Forward did not save me. Not, no. no, I mean, no, because the minute it's eight o'clock dark, I'm like, oh, now it's really time to sleep. It's eight and it's dark.
2: Yeah, I can't. All right, well, listen, let's take a quick break because guys, all month long, we are highlighting past headliners from my favorite podcast. That's right. I'm a triple podcaster, Queer Slam. So we are going to have performances all month long. We're going to be right back with our guest. Uh, so uh, we'll be right back All right, we are back with the show, and you know, listeners, um, uh, my one of my favorite shows that I host is Queer Slam. It's a little, it was a little baby live podcast that we did at Akbar. Uh, that is also something that open. It's an open mic for storytellers, but we also have amazing queer headliners that also do work, and. I'm really trying to build up its presence. I want more people to know about it, and I want more people to know about some of the most amazing queers that you will hear that are you know, writers, poets, um, storytellers, and just brilliant people all around. So this week, um, this presenter, I mean, how do I explain? I think that their piece really uh, touched my heart because I'm also an aging homosexual. Is that wrong (laughs) to say? Uh, Our presenter is- You uh, are, no. I am, I am, I am. We and all feel, are, and I feel like we've had different. <laughs> and I feel like we've had different paths, so I'm excited to learn more. Um, our 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 guest is a queer Muslim Arab writer, performer, storyteller, story and educator based in Los Angeles. His short story "The Ride" appears in the 2014 anthology "Salam Love: American Muslim Men on Love, Sex, and Intimacy." Um, and they developed the ride into a solo theater piece. The theater runs through them too. Let's hear it for Rami Electrobe, Rami. Hello, hi, welcome. Hi, welcome. Well, welcome to me. <laughs> welcome to me. We are so excited. Welcome, to, you.
0: You're
3: welcomed. welcome yes. to us. We finally, people. someone has so. welcomed
2: us. Yeah, finally, <laughs> yeah. we get the fucking credo we deserve. Yeah. Yes. It's nice for us to be here too. Hi, Rami. Welcome to Hello. the show. Welcome um, to you. the show. I listen. I was so moved by your performance that you did at Queer Slam uh, on Zoom that I even Thank said you. that day I was like, I need to have you on the Tony Soto show. Um, just tell us where where are you from, Rami? Like, where am I? How'd you get here to LA? Tell us everything. Tell us some things.
0: Okay, um, sure. Well, A, thank you so much, Tony, uh, for affirming the performance I did. Um, that piece meant a lot to me. So thank you. Uh, I am actually born and raised in Los Angeles. I'm an Angelino. Uh, we are rare. I a believe.
2: unicorn. Yeah, look
0: at yes. that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! And um, I. Uh, My family's in Orange County. I went to UC Irvine for my undergrad and I got a degree in drama. I also got a degree in English. Um, Both felt relatively useless as I grew up, Um, uh, but it's okay. But but,
2: But you use something that you've learned in it every day, right? Like, that's true. Like, I, I think about this all the time because I have a degree in the, uh theater directing, and I was like, oh, what the money? But honestly, my years of growing up in the in the arts, I use something from it every day of my life.
0: Yeah, I agree with that too. I believe I have this. I have skill set to accomplish whatever you can I talk want. Talk to folks. Yeah, I can talk to thing. folks, yeah. and and people do reach out to me often to like moderate a conversation or something like that you know where um or i'll be on a podcast for example so it's like i'm able to communicate and represent myself and um uh i uh also went on to get a master's degree in applied theater I did that in New York, and so that's theater that is applied towards social justice. So a lot of these days I'll like lead workshops or run events in in which I feature other storytellers kind of like what you're doing, and um, you know get them to uh, represent themselves because I believe we all have the capacity to be artists, and that we all should be telling our own stories, which is why. I do write my own material, um, which I think is why you invited me.
2: I mean, um, your, your own stories and your own path is, I mean, we want to hear about your path from your mouth, you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. the, that's the beauty of it. And, and you know, you um, uh, being an out gay man and, and being being a Muslim out gay man, how much of that steers your inspiration when you're creating storytelling?
0: Uh. It's very much core to to who I am. Being Muslim actually is like very much a, a huge part of my identity, uh, to the point that when I came out, um, which was very publicly actually, I came out at the age of 24 in the Los Angeles Times. And- um, Ooh, Latimer. La. I- ah. Yes, bitch, I love a stunt wow. queen. I love a stunt yeah. queen. <laughs> and it, it was iconic. And that was way that was way back in two thousand five when and at the time I didn't know any other gay Muslims or queer Muslims. I felt I was the only one, and so this this fallout from this very public article, you know, kind of um, you know put a caused a wound in me. Like my family found out that way, and then it caused some problems in my family it caused some problems in the local muslim community that i grew up in here in la um to the point that i like lost my faith actually my solo show which you mentioned talks a lot about this so i don't want to go into it too much but um for years i like pretended I wasn't Muslim. And I think actually, when I was doing the Grand Guignol show that um, uh, we mentioned with Diana a second ago, back in like, I think 2007, that was right after my coming out, and I was like calling myself an atheist. And in many ways, I wasn't being authentically myself. You know, I was sort of performing this role of being angry and being an atheist and being um, religion ruins people's lives and all these things. But at the core, in my core, I knew that that wasn't true. And I knew oh. that I actually. I was like, oh, it's like looking way. in a mirror. And then I was like, oh, wait, oh,
2: oh no, it's not. Okay, all right, I'm listening. <laughs> well,. Well for me
0: I grew up with faith being a very important part of my um identity and it was actually something I really liked about myself um the, it was because the coming out it was because the reaction of the others when I came out kind of like stole my faith from me um so I It took me a long time, but it was in my thirties that I kind of reconnect, reestablish a relationship with my faith with God. You know, sometimes it's hard for me to say the word God. I know people don't like to hear that word, Um, but for me, it's very important. And, uh, You know, even right now, I don't know if you know, it's Ramadan and Ramadan is a very spiritual time for Muslims. So I'm talking to you while I'm fasting. So I'm not eating or drinking. I'm not smoking weed, which I would love to do. Um, I um, am right now kind of at a in a spiritual kind of cleansing moment, which Muslims do every year. And it's my favorite time of year. And it's also when I create the best art.
2: So how many days are we uh, talking to you into a fast? Today's number one. The Today's number day. one. Oh. Yeah. Tony on sugar. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm a I'm a good faster. I'll tell you, if I was ever religious, I would totally choose the fastiest one because I can do it. I mean, I can I can go, I can not eat food for three days and not even feel an issue. My bitch used to like being hungry back in the nineties let's talk about being in your 30s yeah she's broken all right she didn't have the right influence growing up all right uh, she she was in your soul's
3: hungry okay. yeah.
2: <laughs> it's so dry so but um but one thing that touched me about your piece is uh, we're similar in age. we uh i mean i'm 41 i'm not gonna out your age because i would never... i'm newly i'm newly 40 no, oh I'm 40. Welcome, welcome yes yes So, and and the thing about your piece, I feel like um, there are moments, there are parts of our lives that reflected each other. Uh, Now, I grew up half Mexican. Uh, I don't know know if my parents were conservative. or We weren't close, you know? (laughs) We didn't really ever get along that much. But like, you know, I know that I grew up Catholic. I know I am now a staunch atheist who is a happy non-believer and doesn't need it. Um, But like, when I was listening to your story, your outlook on becoming older uh becoming 30 was not 40. a it was in the piece you were turning 40 oh i'm so sorry i, 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 thought, 40, that, I yeah, thought that i thought okay but like you didn't but you didn't look at your 30s in a positive light is what is what uh i was talking about because you mentioned mm-hmm. that in your piece and i was like oh my god i love the 30s but like what was it with the the isolation that you experience as a gay man? Like, like how much, it broke a thaw. How broken are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I think un- the, unfortunately my thirties, I, uh, as I sort of just mentioned, I kind of entered my thirties, not having a, a, a faith practice, um, which I had had my whole life. And, you know, it's kind of cliche, but if you really are going to try to have a healthy, romantic relationship with people you need to be having a healthy relationship with yourself and the truth of the matter is, is I was disconnected from myself I was perform, I was a ghost of myself I was not I was not being me I thought I was that's the thing about hindsight is you really don't know um until you're like something's missing or every every time I'm like trying to form a relationship with someone, I keep hitting roadblocks. And I always thought it was like, oh, I'm just not meeting the right person, which might be true. But the truth is, is I wasn't being my authentic self. So how do you make a real connection when at least one party is not really showing up, you know, and that's my entire 30s to the point, I actually had a series of really unfortunate relationships in my early 30s that I spent probably the vast majority of that decade single on purpose avoiding romance avoiding intimacy avoiding anything having sex like crazy but avoiding intimacy in the good old days
2: uh, i call that my (laughs) 20s yeah it was great i fucking (laughs) fucking love those times um so well, well how important it as a man a gay man in their 40s is uh a relationship to you now like is it still a driving force i feel like I feel like the need for that heteronormative thing is such a draw to gay men of all cultures and age groups Um, because dying alone, I mean, although I look forward to a life alert, some people want a husband, like how much does that still drive you?
0: Um, It is still important. And I actually hate admitting that. Because um, something I had shared in that piece was wanting someone so badly that I was um, sacrificing my what was good for me, or I was sacrificing my value, my worth, my value. Um, I'm so desperate for connection, so desperate for a companion, um, that I no longer had standards, you know, I just sort of as someone who's forty, as someone who's done a lot of work on myself, you know, you kind of actually have higher standards of others. You know, you need people have done the work. You really need people to show up as their authentic selves. And I wasn't doing that. I I, I was I was that for myself. And now I was attracting really young guys. If you that was a part of the pieces I was with someone who was 13 years younger so look when i was 13 years younger i was definitely not healed so (laughs) i don't know why i thought i could find something meaningful with younger people too when they're they have a lot of healing left to do so it's
2: avoidance of fixing your own shit concentrating on someone who you can fix in the process you know or manipulate control of like so many yeah, things. Yeah, be like you know. in my when I was your. I mean, you know, it's like trying to let them see showing them the pitfalls in life through your eyes instead of letting them do it themselves. I think is is a major part of it as well. Um, but so so you you've said that you've done a lot of work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what what would you tell the young lonely little Muslim positive boy uh that you know what 25 30 years ago um oh god when i was a little kid um i would tell him
0: that he is um special and that he has a light in him that people are going to be attracted to um but you really need to know how to how to like conserve it for yourself and not give it to others. I would also tell him that he's beautiful and that he's talented and that he that um he's lovable and um all these things that I did not believe in about myself at the time. I was like this fat kid, brown kid um You know, with parents that embarrassed me from a culture that I thought was a little kind of embarrassing, you know, there were just so many things about myself that I was embarrassed about and I didn't I I. I don't know, I just wish I wish someone would have told me that um, that I'm amazing because I believe I'm amazing now.
2: Well, I, I mean, the fact that you came out in your mid twenties—that that that blows my mind. I I rushed out of the closet, which you know I think had its own drawbacks, but I couldn't imagine. I mean, uh, I mean, even Maxwell was closeted for how? When, how old were you when you came out of the closet, Maxwell?
1: Oh, I was nineteen.
2: Nineteen. See, and honestly, it was like, who are you fooling? You know. <laughs>
1: no one. <laughs> No one.
2: <laughs> um, no one. But well, well, look, I I'm just so interested in your story. And and I think that like um I it's like, I don't know, we're special. You know, our age group is special. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. We we have we've got to taste a lot of shit. We had like uh we we had to deal with like no technology and the new tech. We're we're different and uh yeah. And we, we paved the way voice. we paved the way for a lot of these young queers. And I think that's why your voice is so important. When we come back, we're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, you're actually gonna do a piece for us. So uh okay. we'll be right back.
1: Tony Soto Show.
2: All right, we are back with the show. And uh Rami, you've been a delightful guest, Rami. Delightful. Um, have you been on podcasts before, Rami? Is that something you do besides Queer Slam? Have you been on, on podcast? Yeah fun stuff yes yeah Yeah. um now you were a featured headliner on queer slam and queer slam is a show that i do on the fourth monday of every month on zoom you can follow them on instagram queer.slam for all the information on the show but like just tell me i'd like to i want to know like your thoughts on queer slam and its significance being out there in the ethos and whatnot
0: um, sure, you know, so actually I've, uh, been a featured headliner on Queer Slam twice and, um, I did it, uh, two years apart at both around my birthday, once around my 38th birthday and once around my 40th, uh, I am, was very grateful for the two times I've appeared at Queer Slam. Cause it gave me the opportunity to share really like personal kind of you know stuff around my love life you know for a queer audience it's it's different you know when you're a theater artist um you don't you don't get to control who the audience is necessarily so you know you have straight people queer people uh for me like arab people are listening to it muslim people and it's a different vibe it's more of a general audience right but at queer slam because it's so community specific. Um, It allows me to go really vulnerable to, uh, to a point where it's like, I don't know if I would share this anywhere else, or if I would feel confident in articulating this stuff out loud. But I do, I always do feel supported by the people there at Queerslam. Uh, I don't know if you remember, the last time I read my piece, I actually kind of got a little emotional and started crying in the middle of it. I don't think that's something I would have been able to do if it was a general audience. I think I would have been a little bit more disconnected. Uh, so having the support of a queer community in sharing like some really queer vulnerable things is, uh, there's a magic there.
2: I do remember that, too, because I do love a good TV moment, so I'm always clocking them in real life and everything. I know it's the producer. Did we, Diana, did you just fall down? Diana, Diana, <laughs> Diana, what, what happened to you, Diana? Oh, no. Oh, no. I think wow. that she fell oh asleep. <laughs> I think she fell asleep, and then she caught herself, and then she woke back up. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, we can't hear oh, you. No, we uh, can't hear you. What a Can decision. you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, Dog jumped off my lap,
3: and he like disconnected the headphone, and then it just went to mute. I'm so sorry. That you was know,
2: I... kids are the worst. um
3: <laughs> Tony, I can't believe
1: you thought she fell asleep. How dare you? Just... I'm not I I Maxwell. Needed... I just, I, needed...
2: <laughs> I just watched the headset oh, yeah. drop. You know how just...
1: triggering that is. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm so sorry.
2: Oh my god! All right, she had to still focus for a moment, you know. But uh, (laughs) but listen, I I I just the 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 thing about queer sign that's so important is that um, our stories will affect us like you know what i mean like there's you're gonna you're gonna hear something you're gonna take something and and it's gonna mean something to you because we're lgbtqia folks you know what i mean so it's just there but without further ado we're gonna go ahead and give uh rami the floor to uh give us a little performance rami ala Trevi everybody
0: Uh, So I'm going to share like a few small pieces um, keeping an eye on the time. Here we go. Uh, This is a new piece um, and it's called Good Vibes Calling. Um, It's kind of like a boast, a boast, a boastful piece that I don't normally write, but here we go. One truth about me you can't deny. I give good vibes. I vibe so good you relish my vibes I vibe so strong you get drunk off my vibes like a summertime cocktail you order a round of my vibes I vibe so hard you moan under my vibes like a phone charger you plug into my vibes I vibe so high you reach up for my vibes like an elevator you ascend to my vibes I vibe so fast you chase after my vibes. Like a subway train, you run to catch my vibes. I vibe so sweet you can smell my vibes. Like a burning candle, you're warmed by my vibes. I vibe so soft you relax into my vibes. Like a hammock in a park, you swing gently to my vibes. Like a fresh spring breeze, you inhale my vibes. And like a melodic wind chime, I underscore my own vibes. Like a warm rain, you dance under my vibes. Like crystal clear waters, you jump into my vibes. Like a tropical waterfall, you shower under my vibes. Like an effervescent bath bomb, you soak in my vibes. Like morning yoga, you stretch into my vibes like warm radiating sunlight you bathe in my vibes i vibe so bright even the sun applauds my vibes that's one um i'm gonna read a few pieces uh that i wrote last year about this last lover i had who was 13 years younger than me and this was after we parted ways dear lover my eyes feel too dry to shed any more tears warm winds of change won't let me rehydrate bloodshot and burning i strain looking for you water runs dangerously low during the fast my bright reds emit a yellowish crust tears are too valuable all i can spare now is dust Yours, Rami, P.S. drops don't help. Dear lover, I wish you understood certain truths about me. How the love I gave was unconditional. How my love is abundant and nourishing. How my love is like a font, free and ever flowing. How every drop of my love is a blessing. I wish I understood certain truths about you how the love I gave was never going to be received. How my love was never saved like groundwater on a rainy day. How my love I thought was filling your cup. How there was a hole at the bottom that I refused to see yours Rami PS forgiving myself. Dear lover, I suppose I should forgive you for not knowing how to handle me. For not recognizing that I was a mountain needing to be climbed. I suppose that's why my head was in the clouds. Even I didn't know how high I soared. I didn't know how much of a feat I was. I suppose I should thank you for showing me how massive I am. How I'm not meant for beginners like you. Yours, Rami. P.S. affirming myself. Dear lover, Looking back, I wish I spent less, less time, less energy on wiping down the windows between us. With every earnest swipe, I thought I was making progress. The smudges were disappearing. I thought I was clearing the view, but didn't I know that you needed to clean your side too? Yours, Rami. P.S. Out of wipes. And I think I'm only gonna do two more for you. Maybe three. Dear lover, I forgive you for not picking up what I laid down, the delights I left behind me, hoping you would follow the trail. Some flower petals, some orange peels, a date pit or two, a candy bar wrapper, a piece of sheet music, a glitter inked pen, clues that surely should have led you straight to me. I forgive you for not picking up the scent. I forgive myself for wanting you to. Yours, Rami. P.S. And I forgive myself for wanting you, too. Dear lover, just like the sun, my light is abundant. Throw out, throw all the shade you want. I can never be dimmed. Rather than reflect back what I radiate like the moon does, you choose to stay in the dark. It's perpetual nighttime with you. The gift of the sun is that it reveals everything. You may not be ready for what I illuminate, But I do not apologize for shining bright. Yours, Rami. P.S. Wear sunscreen. Dear lover, this may be the last letter I write to you. Maybe it's the penultimate one. You should know I feel better these days. The longing for you feels less. I no longer want what was in the past. The present is all that matters. I just want to have a good time now. I just want to have fun. So I'm welcoming new delights, a die job, a fresh piercing or two, anything to place who I was with you in the category of then, when I'm here right now, and you are not, should you be? No longer yours, Rami. P.S. Never going back to before. Here's the last one. Dear letter, my final letter to you is one of, dear lover, my final letter to you is one of liberation. The shackles that held my heart captive have now been cut loose. Sunny and brighter days lie ahead of me. I'm no longer enslaved to you and your vibration. My own rhythm is the only thing I listen to now. I will march forward basking in the sunlight. I will let those golden rays soothe me and warm me and bake my skin until I'm golden brown delicious, until I'm so tasty that I can't resist myself. I am all the man that I need. Always and forever, Rami. P.S. Thanks for the memories and the hard lessons. I
2: think that's it. Yes. Rami, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us your story, your work. um, Your words are important, and I appreciate you very much. I would
3: uh, order another round of your vibes. Yeah.
2: yeah, Loved the vibes. The vibes were it. The vibes made the group text. We were like, yes, vibes. So... <laughs> That was, my uh, brand new,
0: that was my new one too. Cool. I'm glad you yeah, that. So work, I felt the vibe.
2: Work mm-hmm. boots. Uh, Rami, tell people where they can find you on the internet, how they can support you and whatnot.
0: You can look me up on uh Twitter and Instagram. Uh my uh handle is drama So it's D-R-A-M-A-R-A-M-S. My name is Rami. I'm into drama. Drama ROMs. The
2: what theater else? runs through her. The theater miss- runs through her.
1: I get it. <laughs> you got it. I <laughs> understand you know that what? the drama, Rama. You, drama,
0: drama, Rams—that has been my name since AIM days. Yes. It's over twenty years old. I have not changed. It's it's the only screen name I've ever had.
2: So I wow! Love that. Oh hell yes, that's that's longevity right mm. there.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh! I want to know everybody's first screen name now.
2: <laughs> um, uh...
1: <laughs> cake. Boy. I know- I know mine, Cake Boy. Cake Boy? Cake
2: Boy was mine, yeah. Mine was Do you have a big ass? I learned that from, no, I don't, but I learned that from (laughs) Clueless. Is that what I mean? No, no, Clueless uh, taught me Cake Boy. Yes. So uh, that's how I got that. Um, uh, Diana? Uh,
3: Well, back in the AIM days, you could find me at Leiluna, because I was afraid of having my name on the internet, because strangers might find me. (laughs) (laughs) um and now you can find me uh at diana d
2: triple e luna at instagram that's right that's it that's the only place you can find her oh you can also find her on our patreon you can find her on our patreon uh the tony Sutter show patreon uh she has a new your monthly moon out uh talking about aries and uh and and marina Sabina. sabina
3: so
1: it's it's a it's a good fun show uh, Max Losposito. Um, my former uh, AIM name was Miniman with two N's, 03, like the year <laughs> 2003. Um, I did not make it in 2003. I don't know why I chose 03. <laughs> it just was what it was. That's who I am, and that's all. Um, okay, yeah, I was very little back in the day. And now n- I'm like average. It's fine. Okay, back to whatever. Uh, you can catch me. Our DPD
2: has uh, been a mini. Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Our mini man <sighs> DPD. Whatever. I hate all of you. Okay. (laughs) You can catch me on want to be on top with hosted by Shea Coulee on Mondays and Thursdays, wherever you stream podcasts, you can find me on Instagram at Maxwell Esposito. You can find me on Twitter at me underscore LGBT. I'm going to bake some cookies this week. I know I've said that like a hundred times, but like, my Unemployment didn't come through this week, so I am for real baking cookies this week. So, get to work, bitch. the world come is open to my DMs, yeah, girl. And people still are scared and need to get high, so call me. I got some cookies that'll make you forget how scary the world is. Oh, and we're reviewing Survivor tomorrow.
2: Today, we're surviving today? Today. today. Remember, today. today is Wednesday I just created
1: editing for you. To do yep, thanks for you... the work. Now, will, will you do it? That is the question I. I will find out tomorrow.
2: Tune in and see. Uh, listeners, remember, May comes back and we're going to be doing our listener questions again. So if you want to hear uh, your questions read right on this show, all you have to do is go to the show.com and it's right there at the top. It says, leave a message for Tony. Just dip, 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 dip. Um, uh, I uh, go and find this show on iTunes. Subscribe to it. Like it whatever um it. rate review it. it review it uh How i do the gay po-
1: iconic
2: i do the gay power half hour every week with my good judy casey lie so tune into that anywhere podcast or stream i'm the tony soto show on everything which is instagram twitter and venmo fucking hell we'll be back again next week Bye. <laughs> bye, bye.